0: Just
1: go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy Currents issued by Sutton bank and Celtic bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
2: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty and I'm the host of on purpose. This week I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.
3: The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Children in foster care are 42% more likely to die than children not in foster care. This conclusion was drawn by a 2020 study conducted by Policy Lab at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, the first of its kind. Data from a multitude of sources demonstrates that more than 1 in 10 black children in America will be separated from their parents and placed in foster care by the age of 18. Most of us who have never encountered the child welfare system assume it does what the name implies, protects children. But after 25 years of research, service, and advocacy, today's guest exposes the reality of the system's destructive regulation of Black families and sets us on a new path away from surveillance, punishment, and coercion toward a reimagined definition of safety that centers the needs of children and their families. She was featured in countless media outlets including the New York Times, MSNBC, NPR, PBS, Vice News, ABC, CNN, and many others. Her pathbreaking work in law and public policy focuses on urgent social justice issues in policing, family regulation, science, medicine, and bioethics. She is a George A. Weiss University Professor of Law and Sociology at the University of Pennsylvania, as well as a contributor to the 1619 Project and the author of four books, including the best-selling Killing the Black Body. Here to discuss child welfare in the Black community and her latest book release, Torn Apart, How the Child Welfare System Destroys Black Families and How Abolition Can Build a Safer World, we have today's guest, author and professor, Ms. Dorothy Roberts. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome to the show, Ms. Roberts. How are you doing today?
4: Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Glad to hear it. Yeah, we, this, is, this is very important. I'm glad you took some time to talk with us about it. So, so yeah, so share with us a bit about your upbringing, your background, sort of what led you to your work that you're doing now.
4: Well, I grew up in Hyde Park in Chicago in the 1960s, and mm-hmm. so I have a childhood background that I think is rooted in an interest in social justice. Okay. Uh, I went to law school and became a lawyer because I wanted to do social justice work. Uh, I also always wanted to be a professor, and so I eventually joined law teaching, and I've been a professor since 1988, and my work has focused on various issues related mostly to racism and white supremacy and Mm -hmm patriarchy. Uh, Much of my work focuses on the historical devaluation of Black mothers in particular. Mm. Uh, My first book, Killing the Black Body, Race, Reproduction, and the Meaning of Liberty, was about the longstanding regulation of Black women's childbearing and how that has influenced U.S. policy and notions about reproductive freedom from the origins of this nation until today. And then I began doing research on racism in the child welfare system and wrote a book 21 years ago called Shattered Bonds, The Color of Child Welfare. Uh, I then started doing work on the resurgence of biological concepts of race in genomic science and biomedical research in medicine. So a lot of my work also focuses on the way in which medicine and science have promoted white supremacist ideas. And uh, all of this, I think, is a body of work and activism that challenges white supremacy and racism in America, Uh, again, with a particular concern for the way in which the devaluation of Black mothers has fueled oppressive policies.
0: Mm. Now, your book is... Torn Apart, How the Child Welfare System Destroys Black Families and How Abolition Can Build a Safer World. For our audience, can you define the term abolition as you use it and and why you decided on that specific title? Abolition, obviously, is a very, that's a strong word. That's a strong statement.
4: Yes. Well, abolition means dismantling oppressive systems that exist and that are rooted in slavery and settler colonialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I emphasize that because abolitionists tend to see our mission as completing what our forebearers, the enslaved African people who rebelled against a bondage, began and that struggle continues in the United States today. So, it's interesting that people find it to be a scary word, a frightening word, but it actually is a word that is rooted in Black history of freedom struggles. It's it's about achieving true freedom by dismantling the systems and structures and institutions that perpetuate inequality and replacing them with approaches to meeting human needs and solving social conflicts and problems that are truly humane and equitable and just. So it's both dismantling, bringing down what's oppressive, but simultaneously and just as important, building up other ways of meeting people's needs that don't punish people for the results of structural inequality, instead look to end those inequities Mm -hmm. and have a society that's truly about freedom and justice and equality.
0: Right, right. I I, I imagine what I'm hearing is that folks need to begin sort of rethinking what it means, what child welfare means in the first place.
4: Yes. So, these principles apply to many different kinds of Unjust structures, especially carceral structures. So, in other words, the regimes in America like prisons, a police, and I would include what I call family policing that pretend to be addressing problems in society Mm -hmm. by punishing the very people who are most disadvantaged by it. And I would apply that, and I do apply that in my book to. Mm what I call the family policing system, this system that is supposed to be protecting children, but actually targets the most marginalized communities in America to disrupt them, take their children away from them, and uh, put them into a complex, the what I call the foster industrial complex that actually harms children and disrupts families and communities. And instead of that, what I argue for is replacing it with an approach that truly looks at the roots of why so many children in America, especially Black and Indigenous children, live in poverty and don't have their needs met. It's not because their parents don't care for them. Mm -hmm. It's because of the structures of our society that do not allow for parents to meet the needs of their children. Yeah. Uh, And so we need to replace the approach that says, let's uh, accuse and target and disrupt and destroy families and instead replace that with community-based ways that truly support families and their care for children.
0: Wonderful.
5: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com BIN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N.
1: Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safty, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet.
0: We are here with author and professor Ms. Dorothy Roberts discussing child welfare in the Black community and her latest book release, Torn Apart How the Child Welfare System Destroys Black Families and How Abolition Can Build a Safer World. Now, how about this? For some of our listeners, maybe many of our listeners, it might be easy to come to terms with the fact that, you know, maybe the child welfare system isn't working as well as it could be right simple enough of a concept it's it's born to a lot of folks um what might be a little bit more difficult to see is how and and you mentioned this in the book it might be more difficult for folks to see how it's steeped in foundational racism so it's one thing to hear okay it's not working as well as it could okay we get that But to hear it's steeped in foundational racism, that might be a concept that's a little bit more difficult to come to terms with. How is the current child welfare system steeped in foundational racism?
4: Well, it's steeped in foundational racism, both because of its origins, its roots are in white supremacy, and racism, and also in the way it operates today because of that design to target Black communities and harm Black children and families the most. So let's look at the origins of it. Uh, This is a system that's designed to deal with the problems families have by accusing their parents of not taking care of them Mm. and taking children away. Where does that come from? Where does the idea that Black families cannot take good enough care of their children, and the answer is to take children away from them? That we can trace back to the institution of slavery, where because Black parents legally did not have any authority over their children, and legally enslavers uh, owned their children, and had complete authority over them, so much so that families could be separated, children could be sold off from parents at the at the auction block, and often they were, or at the whim of an enslaver who decided for economic reasons or to punish the family, uh, he would tear the family apart. And so this idea that Black parents should not have authority over their children and that they, family Black families can be separated. That idea goes back to family separation during slavery. But to get closer to how the system operates today, we would have to look at what happened after the Civil War when in order for white supremacists to take back control of the South and to virtually re-enslave Black people they engaged in a number of efforts to take back control of Black labor. And that had to do largely with the criminal punishment system, incarcerating Black people and even the convict leasing system where Black people were leased out to corporations to be forced to work for them. Mm. But another part of that effort that is often overlooked is the child apprenticeship system, where Black parents were accused of neglecting their children, and courts would deem them neglected, and then order that they be sent to former white enslavers to work for them as child apprentices. apprentices. Wow. So this was an effort to take over the labor of Black children and put them back under the authority of former white enslavers. So that is the history for Black people of the child welfare system. After that, the formal child welfare system for most of its existence ignored Black children. Black children whose parents couldn't take care of them were more likely to go into the racist juvenile justice system. Uh, and be treated poorly uh, compared to white children. Uh, The charitable organizations by and large didn't give services to Black families. And it was only in the 1960s, as a result of civil rights activism and Black rebellion, that the formal child welfare system began to address the needs of Black children. But At that point, what happened was the system pivoted sharply away from providing services to intact families to putting most of its money and effort into taking children away from their families and putting them in foster care. And We see this huge skyrocketing of the foster care population and a huge disparity in the numbers of black children taken from their families compared to white children. And those disparities continue today. So it's both this origin of the child welfare system, which I should add also includes the use of child removal by the U.S. military as a means of war against native tribes. Uh, And this was a policy that began during the so-called Indian Wars in the 1800s and then continued as a policy of child removal by the federal government in conjunction with the Child Welfare League to take large numbers of Native children from their homes on grounds that they were neglected and put them into white-run orphanages and To be adopted by white families. So these are the oppressive origins of the child welfare system, which even with regard to white children was always a way of dealing with impoverished white children in ways that did not actually address the reasons for the high rates of childhood poverty in America. So whether we're talking about impoverished immigrant white children, at the beginning of the formal child welfare system in the 1800s or child apprentices forced labor of black children to white families or the decimation of many native tribes through family separation and placement of native children into white homes and institutions. All of these are oppressive ways of dealing with the most marginalized communities in America. And that's the design of what we now call the child welfare system. And because the design remains basically the same, it's still a design that is relying entirely on threatening to take children away and in many cases, taking them away, investigating families, accusing parents, Dealing with them in these harsh, punitive ways as an excuse for ignoring the structural reasons why so many children in America have unmet needs. That's why it has to be abolished. You can't fix a system that is rooted in oppression and white supremacy and racism. You have to dismantle it and replace it with an approach that is truly designed to meet children's needs and support families.
0: Let's let everyone know where they can get the book, Torn Apart, and also any future projects, of course, websites, social media, everything like that. How can folks plug in with you?
4: Well, Torn Apart is published by Basic Books, and it's available on All the online booksellers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you can find it at your local bookstore. If it's not in your local bookstore, ask it to order the book. It's widely available. Uh, You can go to the Basic Books website uh, and click on a number of booksellers that are there, and you'll go straight to the site for Torn Apart. Uh, I'm on Twitter. My handle is at Dorothy E. Roberts. I also have a website, DorothyERoberts.com. You can also find information about me on the University of Pennsylvania websites. I'm at University of Pennsylvania, Carey Law School. I'm also in the departments of sociology and Africana Studies, and I have sites on their websites as well.
0: This concludes part one of our three-part installment with Ms. Dorothy Roberts discussing her new book release, Torn Apart, How the Child Welfare System Destroys Black Families and How Abolition Can Build a Safer World. Check back in with us tomorrow as we resume with part two.
5: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you